All right, what's good, everybody? Welcome back to P. Scott Sports Talk. I'm Prescott Kelly. Make sure you slap that five-star review because if you don't, you're a buster with no rhyme or reason. So let's get into it. All right, welcome back to the program, everyone. If I sound a little lethargic and a little under the weather, it's because I'm on a two-second tape delay, and I'll explain that a little bit later. And don't worry about the intro. We know that it says a wrong name. The higher-ups are working on that, and management will get that corrected, hopefully within the next day or so. i management, by the way. So, obviously, a hot topic has been COVID for a while, uh, and now we're seeing NBA franchises starting to put mandates on, you know, you got to be vaccinated, you can't play here. And I think what people need to understand is this is not up to the team. It's up to the city. So like the Warriors, for example. Andrew Wiggins is going to miss 41 games because those are all home games. And I'm really glad that ESPN just popped up with some fancy football advice for me, apparently. But so people need to, one, understand that. And I think it's kind of funny because, you know, Steph has kind of taken one approach, saying that's irresponsible, essentially to not have it and Draymond's going the other way and he's saying if you want this country to be free you can't make people do things that they don't want to do and I'm here to tell you because I saw I didn't see the interview but I saw that it was posted so this is just reckless speculation more than anything else but Draymond just don't want Andrew Wiggins to play man (laughs) that's that's all that it boils down to he's he's tired of his ass in a Warriors uniform. I can guarantee that. So as much Draymond's been really good with the media. Like he's he's good for the media. He really is. He got he's got really good sound bites. He's interesting. Um he's not afraid to speak his mind, but I know that there are ways that he kind of navigates through certain things. And do I know this to be true that he doesn't want Andrew Wiggins to play? No. But I think that he's tired of his ass. So that that's just my own opinion. And that's my own reckless speculation, basically. But because I brought up COVID, because I brought this, that's actually the reason why I'm not feeling super hot right now. Your boy went and got his second round of his vaccine yesterday. And man, I tell you what, like yesterday, I was only a little bit tired, but it wasn't all that bad. Um, my first shot was the same thing. Like I got it and within like 30, 40 minutes. I felt exhausted. And I'm somebody who has a really difficult time sleeping because my mind never shuts off. So I'm lucky if I get, you know, three, maybe four hours of sleep at night, regardless of when I go to bed. Doesn't matter. But I got that first shot, boy. And I tell you what, six o'clock at night, I was out and I slept for like 11 hours straight. And I have never done that before. So I made the joke on my social media account that, man, I need to get these more often. If it's going to get me some actual sleep, your boy could use some of that. But I did. So like Wednesday was my last day at my my previous job and I have four days until I start my new job. And so I decided I'm going to go get my second shot on Thursday. So I have four full days to, you know, kind of recover. And today I tell you what, man, I woke up at like 637. I felt pretty good. No arm soreness. 830 rolled around and your boy was sore as hell. Like it was my arm, especially it felt like Mike Tyson had punched me like 40 times in a row. It felt it's, I was making the comparison earlier, like my son has a day off from school and he's living his best life. Like he's playing Minecraft in his underwear and I'm over here, feel like I'm on my deathbed, you know, <laughs> but overall it hasn't been too bad. But like I, 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 I was feeling a little nauseous earlier. The soreness has kind of gone away as the day has progressed, but like, I'm just not feeling like super, super top level. So 
bear with me. It's been, you know, eight days since the last episode after getting this thing rebooted. I kind of wanted to just put some out there and, you know, play through the pain. Because that's what the old head want, right? Play through the pain, baby. That's actually what I kind of want to talk about more than anything else. Like, I'm somebody who has evolved as a person, both in life and in the world of sports and how I kind of view things. And there's too many people who are just turning into their dad. Everything that they said they never wanted to be, everything they said they didn't want to turn into, they are. But in the sports world, because everything was better back in the day. And if you're comparing anybody who's playing now to anybody who played 30 years ago, it's disrespectful to the old folks. And I'm 37, and I see this jam all the time. All the time, people just listing old players. And this is actually what this episode is going to be more about than anything else. It's me venting. And I hope that you guys will listen to my vent. We got Peace God's picks. That's going to come up at the end of the show. I've actually altered the Peace God's picks, how I'm going to navigate through it. I used to do all 12 games that I would bet all the point spreads. But what I'm going to do now is just do like a six team or six game parlay where it's going to be combination of point spreads, money line, or under overs. And I'm just going to, I'm going to simplify it and not take, you know, eight minutes doing 12 games. That doesn't seem like it's fun for anybody. So, so when I bring up people mentioning old heads, like the most egregious one that I last saw is something that I, if I could, I would reach through my phone and strike this person down with all of my hatred that Emperor Palpatine would be jealous of me. And this guy isn't even that old necessarily. I was looking at, oh, you know what? I took a photo but I accidentally cropped out the actual source. So I don't know who it was, but it was on Facebook. And the question is, Oklahoma drill, who wins? Derrick Henry or Cam Chancellor? And some dude had the audacity to come out and say, Henry versus Prime Palamalu would be much better. Yeah, I'm gonna let that sit in and marinate for a minute. They're not asking who's the better safety. They're asking... Oklahoma drill. Cam Chancellor can't cover nobody. And Troy Polamalu was great against the line of scrimmage. We all know that. But if you're asking me, who would I rather have a better chance of taking down Derrick Henry? There's no way I'm taking Troy Polamalu. This is just like, this is one of the examples that I'm talking about. Like I said, Troy isn't even like that old out of the game. You know, he was on a Madden cover, you know, in the 2010 era. So he's not even that old. But what irritates the hell out of me is when people just want to talk about retired players and just bring them up because they feel like they know more. Nah, B, it's not about that. You can stop. Troy Palomalu, you think that Troy Palomalu is a bigger hitter than Cam Chancellor? I can't, I just, there's nothing I can do to defend that take. There just isn't. Now, I mean, even if you wanted to go like Steve Atwater or Ronnie Lott, I mean, it's a stretch, but you could even go Sean Taylor if you want to do someone who's still fairly recent. And as I say fairly because I mean, he's passed and it's been a while, but bro, like that, that doesn't make any sense. And I'm not here for that type of just Neanderthal dumb sports shit. So on the previous show, uh, I had had an episode called I Found Sports Jesus because I found clarity and I I had an epiphany, if you will, when it came to my show directly. It seemed like every day that I got on, I was talking about 
how I don't like sports anymore. And what I realize is, no, I still like sports. I still enjoy sports. What I don't enjoy is the sports fan. That's the person that I can't stand. And these types of guys are the reasons for that. And this is why I'm just venting. This is a vent session. And I know the internet is just full of trolls, and I get that. But you, if <laughs> if you're saying something like that, that is not a troll post. That is not a troll comment. That is you just being so out of pocket with a football take. Because for me, like I actually enjoy the trolls. I don't take sports that seriously. I don't treat it like it's something that you can't make fun of. But I also know enough where I can say, you know, let's let's pump the brakes on certain things. And while I do this, I'm going to transition, I guess not so awkwardly, to rookie quarterbacks. So if you listen to the previous show before this one got rebooted, I've always told people, you need to stop paying quarterbacks so much damn money. Because quarterbacks are like NFL teams. There's three to five that are really good. There's three to five who are really bad. And then there's anywhere between that, you know, 20 to 16 range of if they're in the right spot, they can be productive and you can win with them. But of course, Trevor Lawrence is now 0-4, right? So he's getting clowned on. Zach Wilson's getting clowned on. Trey Lance isn't starting. Justin Fields had one net passing yard. All of those guys went to terrible situations except for Trey Lance and also Mac Jones. I left him out. But the reason why Mac Jones fell is because he saw as just one of those quarterbacks. Not a high-level guy. I never bought for one moment that San Francisco was going to trade to number three to get Mac Jones. And everybody who did, turn in your gridiron card. You know what? No, not just your football card. Not just your gridiron card. Sports in general. If you believe that, you are one of the people who I'm talking about as well on the other side of sports fans who irritate me, who are the guys who just regurgitate what they hear on TV and can't think for themselves. And I know this is a very new program to be rebooted back up. So I feel like this is a good time for me to kind of bring back my values of what I believe is the way that you should build an NFL team in 2021. I'd already made the comparison that quarterbacks like NFL teams. And I've been saying this forever. Every there's 20 teams that are basically 10 and 6 or 6 and 10 and they get a couple good bounces or a couple bad bounces and that's why you end up in the playoffs or you end up with the top 10 pick. And quarterbacks are kind of the same way. We know who is the who is going to represent the championship of that conference and who is going to be a top 5 pick. We know that. And that's why these things are circumstantial. And this is why I believe that teams need to stop paying quarterbacks so much. The blueprint, quote unquote, has been rookie quarterback, rookie salary, build around it. And that's really been the model, I would say, what people are trying to do over the past like 10 to 15 years. That's what that's what's been kind of pressed down our throats. Problem is, there's only like five guys who have Super Bowls in the past 10 to 15 years. Because like that's the whole thing. Since 2000, Brady's got seven of them, man. Like what? If you don't have the guy, stop 
chasing the next Tom Brady because you're not going to find a six-round quarterback who's Tom Brady. He's the anomaly. You're not going to find your Patrick Mahomes. The likeliness of you finding him is super small. So if the average shelf life of a quarter, or not quarterback, but NFL player is three to four years, what you need to do is if you get a quarterback and you feel good about him, obviously you want to try to build around him. But if, if he's not somebody who is, you know, like you can just see he's Patrick Mahomes, don't give him the bag. Because I tell you what, the Rams are pissed off that they paid Jared Goff. And the Jaguars are pissed off that they paid Blake Bortles. And this is why I've tipped the cap so much for Baltimore and Cleveland pumping the brakes and not paying Baker Mayfield or Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson's been great in the regular season, not in the postseason. How much of it is really because of him? And what I'm actually really curious now on this tangent because that's how my brain works. They've actually got skill position guys now. Now the running backs got hurt. Like 42 running backs are on IR with Baltimore right now. But they have wide receivers now. They have a tight end now. What are you going to do at the end of this year? Like that's what's going to be interesting for me because you know you're limited with him as a passer. But what he does, he does really well. He moves the chain on third down. He picks, he keeps the clock moving, keeps his defense off the field so they can stay fresh. He wins like 75 to 80% of his regular season games. And it's hard to do that in the NFL. And he's somebody who gets you there. So my question has always been, who are you going to get who's better than who you have? But the other caveat is, if you don't have one of those top-level quarterbacks, why don't you stop investing $40 million a year into those guys and reallocate your money to an offensive line or a defensive line or whatever your holes are? Because that's what we're seeing with Mac Jones right now. And I'm going to tell you this. Mac Jones is not getting one of those max deals under Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft. He's just not. I'm always a man of my word, and I've said... And I, I'm, I'm open to change my mind when I get new information, but as of right now, I'm still dying on this football hill that the Patriots will win the AFC East. I have more trust in Bill Belichick and that he's going to be able to figure this thing out with Mac Jones because everything else around them is so much better. And I might be wrong, and if I am, I'm willing to admit it. But that is, it's hard to go against the best coach of all time. Now also... Uh, where, where where do you really place who's more who had more success or who was the reason for the success more was it Brady or was it Belichick the easy thing is to say well obviously it's Tom he left and won a Super Bowl with a team that didn't make the playoffs but the difference is that team was stacked and all you had to do is get rid of 30 for 30 Jameis Winston TDs and INTs get rid of that dude Tom Brady rolls in He's trying to play the way that Bruce Arians wants him to. And then Tom's like, nah, B, let me take over this. And then they play Tom's way from their bye week on. And they just wax everybody. But Belichick is winning, or he's going to have to win now the way he did with Brady when he first got Brady. It's going to be defense, running the ball, two tight end sets. That's going to be his, that's going to be his MO again. And they've gotten Stephon Gilmore back and they boosted up the offensive line. And they got Van Noy back from Miami when when he got released. Like, this is a team that has started a little bit slow, but I think is going to figure it out. And again, I'm if I if I'm wrong, then I'm wrong. 
But right now, I'm willing to die on that hill. The Patriots will win the AFC East. Because we saw New England go 7-9 and nine and be competitive with one of the worst offensive rosters we have ever seen in NFL history. So with the additions of that, the fact that the Jets are still the Jets, and Belichick is arguably the greatest coach of all time, I'm still staying firmly planted Pat's AFC East. And the other thing I need to say before we go to a break and then come back real quick is, I got off topic because I was giving you an actual football take. And that isn't what this was supposed to be about. <laughs> so, <laughs> is those who change the narrative for when it's convenient for them. And I remember this specifically because it was talked about with Jimmy Butler and uh, with Ben Simmons. Apparently, there was a report out with Joel Embiid and he wanted Jimmy Butler to stay, but they wanted to get him out because of Ben Simmons and so on and so forth. But I remember that there was a time when Jimmy Butler was concerned a locker room cancer. I'm not sure if you guys remember that, but I sure as hell do because he was that way in Chicago, Minnesota, Philly. Then he goes to Miami and gets to an NBA Finals. And instead of being a locker room cancer, all of a sudden he's a dog. All of a sudden now all he wants to do is win. And it's just the same back and forth bullshit that I hate seeing when it comes to sports and sports media is you just want to be right, but you don't want to get it right. They were painting Jimmy Butler to be like the worst teammate in the history of sports. That is an exaggeration. Internet, don't assault me for that. But like John Madden said, winning is the best deodorant. He wasn't really winning in Chicago. He took Minnesota to the playoffs for the first time in like infinity billion years but was still labeled a cancer. And when you see guys get traded multiple times in just a few years, that's the stigma. Now, I've always liked Jimmy Butler. I've never considered him to be one of those like top 10 players. The people who want to be over the top say he's a top 10 player. I've never been that guy. But I also know that he wasn't that dude. He wasn't that negative impact guy. But come on, you can't just change the narrative when it's convenient for you. That isn't how life should work like you're just judging somebody based on wins and losses this is why quarterback situations for me are so irritating we want to give them all the praise and knock them down all the time and you don't want to look at the circumstances the same thing with jimmy butler i'm not going to go back on my football take jimmy's always been looked at up until the miami series against the lakers a couple years ago as a great defender but a locker room cancer and the fact is that's never been right. But you want to slander the dude when ESPN says that he is, or you know, NBA TV, whatever your source is. But the moment he starts winning, gets to a final, then, then the narrative changes. Oh, he's a dog. He's what you need in your locker room. Nah, I'm not here for that bullshit. Stay in one lane or stay in the other. But stop slandering a guy's character because he's on a losing team. And then want to build him up once he gets to a culture and a team that has everything to compete. And if I'll do one more comparison before I take a break and then come back with P. Scott Spicks, it's the same thing with Matt Stafford. Everybody was saying Matt Stafford's trash. And then he goes to L.A. Oh, Matt Stafford's really good. You've had a three-game sample size and now you think he's good? He's been in the league for 10-plus years. He's always been good. We had Calvin Johnson. Yeah. And then name anybody else after that. Go ahead. 
he was in a terrible situation. He's been in the playoffs, which is weird. Matt Stafford is like a top 10. I don't like doing top fives and top 10s. I'm not going to get into that shit. But Matt Stafford is a top 10 level quarterback. And now he's on a top 10 level team. Top five. The Rams look so much better with him now. But it's always easy to play that, to play that card after the fact. You get to see the result and then change your narrative to make it look like you are right when you were wrong for 11 straight years. All right, we'll be back in just a moment. All right, we are back. And I want to say thank you for listening to my event session. This isn't usually what people want to hear. But man, I had so much just anger that I had to get out. And I sound super ferocious right now, don't I? So before I get into P. Scott's picks, I will say this one last thing when it comes to rookie quarterbacks. I feel like most of these guys are going to be fine. But again, circumstance matters. Head coach matters. Players around you matter. And it's going to be a rough, rough slate for Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence in particular. The Jets have actually drafted pretty well over the past two years. And I think that they're going to be better in the next coming years. But man, Robert Sala, this is his he's only he's only coached three games. Let him have a chance to find his feet and know what he wants to do. Now I've I've been critical because they are trying to throw the ball too much, but you need to allow these teams, these coaches, and these quarterbacks to grow. So we'll see how they draft in the, in the upcoming years. I actually feel really bad for Trevor Lawrence because I've made the joke multiple times about Urban Meyer where I feel like he could be out by the end of this season because I don't believe that he can handle losing this much. And I've been on record saying that they'll let him coach as long as he wants to. Like, if he wants to go three years, they're not, like, they aren't going to fire him. But if he says, I can't do this, this, I, this is hurting my, my brand as a football coach, I could see him dipping out early. Will he? I don't know. But we've seen him do it beforehand, so don't be shocked if he leaves early. I feel bad for Trevor Lawrence. Actually, it could be a good thing if Trevor Lawrence has Urban Meyer just leave somewhere in the next like two or three years. Do we know? No. But I will say this, back in April, I said everything that Urban Meyer has done so far has seemed super collegiate. And these ain't college kids anymore, man. You need to learn that. All right. So to get on to Peace God's Picks, and this is what's going to wrap up the episode. I had a bunch of other stuff written down. But again, I was just trying to power through this, get another episode out. The people who have been following me from the previous show, I wanted to show thanks to them and try to put out a product at least once a week. And the people who are new to the show, I want to say, hey, I'm not dead. So with that being said, super awkwardly, let's go ahead and move into P. Scott's picks. Carolina versus Dallas. I am taking the under 52. 52 points is currently the over under. Now this is per Bavada about two hours ago. So you might want to check where you are betting. But whenever we see things like this, when we see, you know, a certain team like blow up offensively, we'll see a defensive struggle where we wouldn't usually see it. The other thing is that Christian McCaffrey's out. So 52 seems like a really big stretch for me for an over. So the way that I'm kind of looking at this is, you know, under 52, 26, 26, if you split it right down the middle. Do you see maybe six points going one way or the other? 
3220. I personally don't see that, so I'm taking the under as far as points are concerned. Detroit, Chicago, I am taking the over. Currently, it is a 41 and a half point total score. And this is where these things get hella goofy when it comes to NFL coaches and when they're coaching for their job. And they've heard this much scrutiny because Matt Nagy is quite literally like six play calls away from losing his job is what it feels like. So 41 and a half seems like a really low number. Again, if you kind of split that, it comes out to 21 points per each team. The Lions haven't been terrible offensively. And I think that the Chicago Bears are going to have to open things up. So I would take the over 41 and a half points. The next game I have is Kansas City Chiefs at the Philadelphia Eagles. And I'm going to give you the exact same reasons that I used last week with Kansas City <laughs> coming off a loss. I feel like they're going to beat the brakes off of somebody. And it's the Eagles. I feel like their defense is going to be good enough to be able to shut down Jalen Hurts. And they're too explosive. As long as there's no catastrophic injuries, I would say Kansas City minus seven on the road at Philly. The next game is the Giants at the Saints. And the Giants are currently a seven and a half point underdog. I'm actually taking the Giants on this one. The one thing that Daniel Jones has been better at this year is not turning the ball over. So if he can not turn the ball over, seven and a half seems like a big enough spread where I feel like they will still potentially lose, but it won't be by seven. As long as he doesn't turn the ball over and they can convert on third downs. And if we're seeing week two and three, Jameis, you might even see the Giants win straight up, but I'm not going to do that to you guys. Giants plus seven at New Orleans. Next is Patriots. And Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I said on my socials earlier this week, I don't care what you put that line at. I am taking the Buccaneers to just wax the Pats. The Patriots are currently a seven-point favorite. And that might have a little bit to do with the fact that Gronkowski has been downgraded to doubtful. But to me, it doesn't matter who you put out there. Tom Brady has two things on the line. Beat 100 head coaches and be the all-time passing leader. The passing leader thing isn't that big of a deal because he needs like less than 200, I believe, to be able to do that. But to beat Belichick in that building, if you don't think that he wants to send a message, yeah. Tom Terrific is going to be that dude regardless if Gronk plays or not. So that negative seven doesn't mean anything to me. I'm taking I – would, I would pound that. I would buy the points up on that. I would take, you know, Patriots minus 13 if you really wanted to. Which leads us to the last game of the docket, which is Raiders and Chargers. And is I'm taking the under 51. And I'm doing it largely for the same reasons that I mentioned about Carolina and Dallas. Dallas's offenses look really good. Carolina has looked really good. So has Oakland. I always say Oakland. God damn it. So has Las Vegas. And so has LA with the Chargers. Their offenses look really good. This is one of those games where I feel like it's going to be goofy. And you're not going to get what you're expecting. So for me, I'm taking the under 51 and a half. And that is going to conclude P. Scott's picks and also P. Scott Sports Talk. Hashtag talking sports with P. Scott because I need to change my intro. Um, but I'm glad you guys all stuck with me throughout this uh, this episode. is kind of a, a struggle, I'm not going to lie. Um, but it was fun. Always good to be back on the mic with you guys. As always, stay up, stay blessed.